1: FST, Mike and Joe, bringing in Emery Hunt in here in a minute. Talking NFL Draft. Do we have Emery with us? Is he here? Do I hear the voice of F-Ball Game Plan, Emery Hunt? Not sure if he's here yet, but can I hear him? Is that you, Emery? Yep, I'm here. What's up, man? How you doing? Sorry, I I, uh, raced back to the microphone just in time. So uh, good to have you uh, back on the show. And talking NFL draft. So, Joe Joe had that question right before the break. Why is it that Dwayne Haskins is falling uh, down certain draft boards? Well,
0: here's the thing. We don't know if he's falling in the real NFL draft boards. He's falling in the media <laughs> draft boards. Uh, right. So, it's always, you always have to take that with a grain of salt because we don't really know what's going on until it actually happens. I think the media right now is, is doing a good job of creating content so that's why you see mock draft 7.0 and mock draft 13.0 you know you switch up games create you create the news then you talk about the news and and when really the in the, in the NFL nothing probably has changed cuz we don't know what their boards look like
2: Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, ahead. that's a, yeah, no, that's a great point. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Sterling Shepherd just got a contract extension uh, with the Giants, and uh, there was uh, some rumors that the uh, Patriots also had been interested in uh, in him. So. Uh, can we get a sense that, that the Pats are, maybe the Pats aren't tipping their hand, but uh, do we think that that's maybe uh, where they're going to go with pick number 32? I was looking at, like you said, there's tons and tons of material out there with uh, mock drafts and all this. Uh, I saw uh, maybe Debo Samuel uh, going to them. Uh, do, do you think that uh, based on the rumors that the Pats had been interested in a Sterling Shepard, that they might be going after a wide receiver with their first pick?
0: I mean, it would make sense just based off their personnel. You know, we say this a lot. Where when you look at the New England Patriots on paper, you don't know how they win games because they don't necessarily have the most "quote unquote" talented team. And mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just on the perimeter. So if you look at their depth chart right, chart, depth chart right now, yeah, Philip Dorsett, Julian Edelman, Maurice Harris, Bruce Ellington, Braxton Berrios, and Matthew Slater. So there's, yes, it's probably a big tip of where they're probably going to go. Uh, with that first-round pick, because right now, outside of Julian Edelman, who's uh, well into his 30s, they don't have much that really threatens you on a perimeter. So that's probably why they were in the market for a receiver, and that's probably why they're going to take one at pick 32.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really could see that. Emery, again, Emery Hunt, you can find him on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan. He's going to be – He's going to be joining us on draft night. It'll be myself, Dave Martinez, Emory Hunt, and possibly somebody else in there. uh, We are are waiting to hear back uh, on uh, somebody. So I'll just tease that. Uh, it could be an interesting draft night. But uh, it, it might be a little a little bit more tame than last year, but we'll still have fun with it. Uh, last year, it was an interesting uh, study of uh, live radio, but it, it, we did have a lot of fun uh, while doing the draft. So we did a mock draft the other night, Emory, and you're going to be seeing some video uh, that we filmed. it. We didn't do it live. We filmed it, and you'll see a lot of video clips here. So the first few picks seem to be like relatively set in stone the kyler murray thing i feel like here's my conspiracy theory of the day i think goodell or somebody may have had a conversation with arizona like please don't trade rosen yet because the second you do that everybody knows who you're going to pick so we want a little bit of intrigue as we get close like think about that if they trade rosen right now everybody knows who they're picking Everybody sort of knows anyway, but at least it has the illusion of uh, keeping it a mystery for now, correct?
0: Correct. But you also saw this last year with the Browns. They traded Deshaun Kaiser right after the combine. And I guess because the conversation last year was, okay, we know the Browns are probably going to take QB, a quarterback. Well, right. which quarterback right. will they? Uh, so with this one, I mean, they could have played it with the two guys and say, you know what? We're gonna, which one will you take? Will you take Haskins or will you take Murray? But it seems like because of the fit as far as uh, uh, Kip, Cliff Keensbury and what he's talked about before and, and you know, the infatuation with Kyler Murray, they're going to play this thing out and and that is going to be the sole focus. Or, you know, the other side of the coin is that he could be the biggest bluff job in NFL draft history where <laughs> he talked about this so often that, everyone believes is going to happen When the, the entire time. They either wanted Nick Bosa or Quentin Williams or someone else other than Kyle Murray. And another option would be maybe they take Kyle Murray for someone else and trade him to that team that also wants Kyle Murray. And uh, therefore, they can take the guy that they want and swap the it's kind of like a Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning deal again. So there's a ton of options, a ton of conspiracies out there, ton of scenarios. I'm uh, just excited to see how it all plays out on April 25th.
1: If you're them, this is a really quick follow up. If you're them, would you take Murray and trade Rosen? or Would you keep Rosen?
0: I would, you know what? I would have, kept, I would keep Rosen and, and, and build around the rest of the, the roster. Um, but if you, you look at Rosen and say, okay, well at the end of the day, this guy is a lot better then I have no problems with taking Kyle Murray or Dwayne Haskins because they are the better players. Um, over Rosen, so I, I can understand that aspect as well. If you're going to say, okay, we just want to take the better team and we know the better player, and we know right now that what we saw last year is probably Rosen's ceiling. You know, he's going to be good, but is he going to be, uh, you know, top-ten quarterback in the league? I mean, do we really think Derek Goff is a top-ten quarterback in the league? So I think if you want to take a guy that's just flat-out better at, at one of the more important positions then I'm all for it. But I would probably use that pick to take one of the best players in the draft um, and, and go from there.
2: All right. going we uh, turn our attention to wide receivers. I was noticing uh, Marquise Brown, uh, wide receiver from Oklahoma. Uh, some of these mocks have him going ahead of uh, DK, Mac, uh, DK Metcalf, Uh uh, Brown was looking at his uh, draft profile, profile, uh, explosive speed, uh, could turn short catches into big plays. Concern with him, it seems to be his frame, 5'9", 166. Uh, Is that going to be a a big issue? Like if you're an NFL team... would you prefer to take a guy like dK Metcalf uh, obviously super talented as well as a, a Superman frame or does the does the 59166 the small frame with brown worry you in terms of his durability
0: I look at it like this where you know to me size doesn't equate to injury uh, because if that was the case Brandon Jacobs would have been the most indestructible running back in football <laughs> history but stayed injured um, and a guy like Warwick Dunn at five nine one seventy eight would have been injured his entire career. He ran for over 10,000 yards. So, injuries don't, you don't worry about injuries until they happen. And you always look at guys that have had injury history. And injuries are a free concurrence. But when you look at both guys, DK Metcalf has the, the neck injury. And you hope that is a one time thing. But Marquise mm-hmm. Brown seems to have these little small maggy injuries that, that keep popping up foot injury, um, little shoulder injury. So you, you wonder how that is going to carry itself going forward. We saw the same thing with a guy like John Ross, who had a, an extensive injury history at Washington, and he's had that same type of bad luck in the NFL. So I think that's more of a telltale sign than, than height, weight, speed. So I, I think if for me, um, because I like what Metcalf brings to the table as far as a, a big X receiver, just suppose what a guy like Brown does. I think there's better receivers that Brown at his position as a flanker. I would probably lean toward Metcalf, although Brown is a dynamic option. I just think Brown is probably, probably a little bit more one-dimensional as opposed to a guy like Metcalf.
1: So, all right, we talked about Metcalf and Brown. What other wide receivers do you have with a first-round grade? I can tell you just to tease it. In our first round mock draft, and this was a combination of myself, uh, Rich Shermanello, Joe Lisi, Gabe Marenzi, Frank Stamfel, Joe Rainieri, Keith Irizarry, we all sort of picked for different teams. I picked for the Packers, and that was the first wide receiver off the board. I went with Metcalf. I, I could see a world where Metcalf and Adams together could form a pretty significant duo you have to take into account the fact that they did draft three wide receivers last last year, Jamon Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Equinemia St. Brown. But my thought process as I was going through it is like, well, yeah, those guys are, are nice to have, but are you going to wait for one of them to break out? Is it going to be Marquez Valdez, Scantling? There's something there, but having those two huge weapons for uh, Rodgers would be something else. So, Anyway, my long diatribe is to say that we picked Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Paris Campbell. Those were the only three wide receivers in the first round. I assume you have first-round grades on those three, but who else do you have first-round grades on?
0: Well, I have first-round grades on Nikhil Harry, Paris Campbell, D.K. Metcalf, and Anthony Ratliff-Williams. But I know Anthony Ratliff-Williams probably won't go in round one, so if I had to take a receiver in round one, the first one would probably be Nikhil Harry because of – his versatility, his ability to help out on special teams. And, you know, the fact that this is a guy that could take a short pass a long way and you want guys that are good after the catch because that's how we play in the NFL. That's the way the game is, is you, you don't go deep down the field consistently. you got to win in the short to intermediate area and allow yourself to make plays after the catch. So I think Harry does that better than anyone in the in this receiver group. Um, a guy like Paris Campbell with his speed, Probably could thrive in the short to intermediate game. We saw him do that at Ohio State once they moved him inside instead of trying to make him an outside receiver like he did earlier in his career. He thrived as a slot guy underneath and, and utilized his rack skills to his uh, effectiveness. Also, in conjunction with a guy that's deadly active that allows you to run as a pitch with ease. So, I, I think when you look at those guys, it would probably be where I would go in round one because of what they bring to the table, how the game is played at the NFL level and what I see there can be best utilized because of their
2: versatility. Switching over to uh, tight ends. I'm seeing uh, Hawkinson sometimes being mentioned as the uh, first tight end that should go off the board. Uh, Noah Fant is mentioned, Irv Smith. I mean, uh, do you think that uh, it's important to get one of these guys in the first round? Uh, if, or if you're a team, can you wait maybe for a wearing uh, tight end from San Diego State? Uh, it seems that the Hawkinson uh, has the total package where he could get uh, catch passes and also uh, uh, he's also a very good run blocker.
0: If you if, if you bring it up run blocking early uh, for tight end, I, you don't take that player in the top ten. Let's let's uh, this is where I always want to ask the other question where um, is Hawkinson better than O.J. Howard as a prospect? Is he better than Evan Ingram was as a prospect? Is he better than Kellen Winslow, Jeremy Shockey, or, you know, those guys? Because mm-hmm. if not, then you don't take that guy in the top ten. You know, you don't take a guy in the top ten where he may not be better than his teammate. Um, you know, so I look at that as, you know, I don't know where this Hawkinson hype came from that vaulted him as a top ten talent. I think he's a good <laughs> player. You know, I, I don't think he's a top ten player uh, in this class. In my in my opinion, is that position, I think his teammate Fan is a half. You know, is, is slightly better because he's a better athlete. But also, mm-hmm. when you look at flex, if you want to look at a flex tight end, you know, no one's talking about Alizee Mack out of Notre Dame. No one's talking about Jay Sternberg out of A and M. To me, those guys are probably more along the lines of what teams want at the receiver position uh, as a tight end. Uh, but Fent and Hawkinson, I think, are guys that can survive in line. But, you know, with this position, again, if you're not a game changer and just, mm-hmm. ex- you know, extremely explosive on film, like re- more recently, O.J. Howard was, and even he went in the, in, what, with pick 20. So I don't think Hawkinson is better than O.J. Howard as a prospect. So I don't know why he would garner top 10 hype. But you have to take these guys in the first round to me because, you know, how the position is not as deep. And so whenever that run on tight ends go, you if they're the top two on your board and you know there's only quote-unquote two, uh, you're probably going to take that guy in the first round because you don't know, if you, especially if you have a big gap between your number one tight end and your number two tight end on your uh, draft board, you take him in the first round just to make sure you secure his rights. But I would be hard for him to take a guy that isn't as game-changing as those other tight ends in the top ten. Yeah, and you got got
1: another guy like Josh Oliver from San Jose State that gets some good grades. He he would probably be a day two to day three pick and you mentioned Sternberger earlier. I, I think you made an interesting point. Like when we were doing the mock draft, first of all, I was I was I had the Packers and I was just assuming one of the tight ends would go would fall. But it didn't happen. Even in our mock draft, Fanton Hawkinson went back to back, I think at nine and ten to the Bills and yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. To the Bills and Broncos. So, you know, I, I think the, the good point that you made about, well, if these guys aren't top 10 players, don't draft them in the top 10. There is some, there obviously has to be some uh, attention paid to the needs that you have on the team. But if you're overdrafting to that extent, You're going to find yourself disappointed, particularly if you aren't prepared to use the player to his strength. We saw a really, really good example of this last year, Er uh, Emery, in that Eric Ebron was effectively a bust for the Lions. And he goes to the Colts and he immediately explodes again back onto the NFL scene, catching all kinds of touchdowns. They have two interesting and talented tight ends in Indianapolis now, but you really do have to be prepared, and you and I have talked about this before, to use the player to his strengths. We saw in recent years the Lions are a perfect example of that because of uh, because of Ebron and even Lakin Tomlinson, a guard that they had drafted. Yeah, and here's
0: the thing, too. When, when you look at a football team, you, do you ever find yourself saying, man, they are a tight end away from being right. where they need to be? You know what I'm right. saying? And as much as people love to dump on a running back position and say it doesn't matter, you got those same people saying, take TJ Hawkinson, who's you know, a good player in the top 10, at a position where you don't really notice it right off the bell. Oh, man, this, this team desperately needs a tight end in order to get to the Super Bowl. No, it doesn't work that way
1: good stuff so that's emory hunt he's going to be on the live draft show with myself and dane martinez and a player to be named later so uh, looking forward to seeing you man in uh, like the 12 days from now i'm sure we'll be talking again next saturday and in the run-up to the draft so we'll have a good time and we'll continue to see your breakdown so follow him on twitter at f ball game plan thanks emory i'll talk to you again soon
0: appreciate you guys
1: Thanks, Emory. So that's it. We'll come back. We'll break down exactly what Emory was talking about uh, tight end position, wide receivers, and more. Uh, it's Micah Joe on FST. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll follow up with that draft information and continue to be.